today on CityCast Madison. It's Thursday, so we're dishing on Madison's food scene. The power of home is universal, and no one knows that better than Madison baker Marie Arzell Young. She just opened a brand new bakery storefront on Fordham Ave, and it's brimming with hominess and homages to her family history in France. It's called Far Breton and has buttery European-style pastries, quiches, scones, and more. We just visited, and this new spot has that je ne sais quoi. It's Thursday, April 13th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Hi, Marie. Hi, Bianca. Why did you name your bakery Far Breton or Breton? That's a good question. Um, So back in the day, my first bakery, uh, we named it the French Confection, uh, sort of a tongue-in-cheek twist on the French Connection, the movie. And it just sort of stuck. And so it was just one of those things that everybody thought it was cute and charming and blah, blah, blah. And so this time around, I really wanted something that was different you know, the Ovens of Brittany name is really, really ideal because that gives, it evokes that hominess and that sort of rustic quality that I want to have as part of my brand. I worked at that uh, particular restaurant that's been long gone, that's a Madison favorite decades ago. Um, so I worked there when I was 15, uh, just briefly at the counter, but going into my 20s, 30s, and 40s as a pastry chef that does this type of rustic European style pastry, you know, it was just a really good fit. And so Fabreton, it was a little bit different, but it stuck with people. When I went in to translate Ovens of Brittany into the actual French Gaelic, what I came up with was Fabreton, which is actually also the name of a pastry, pastry that your grandma would make. Uh, Really the pastry uh, Fabreton is leftover crepe batter that's poured into a dish and you put... uh, prunes that have been soaked in brandy or soaked in tea. A baked crepe. Yeah, it's a deep dish crepe, but it turns into something very different. It's like a stiff flan almost. And that's a very, yeah, it's an easily identifiable pastry that's specific to the region of Brittany. I am way too giddy right now about this conversation. (laughs) Like we've said so many things I'm excited to hear. I did not know, I did not know that that was a pastry, the name. I just was assuming, Laton, we were talking about Brittany, you know, the region in France, because you also have roots there, right? I do, I do. My mom was uh, born and raised there. My grandmother was born and raised there. My great-grandmother was born and raised there. So it just goes back on my matrilineal side. I think we have it traced back to like, 1840s is as far back as we have a picture of someone. And you also, I mean, you mentioned, you know, that you used to work there at Ovens of Brittany and Les Toiles. You worked with Chef Odessa Piper. We just spoke with her, which is really, really fun. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, that was a really lovely conversation. Um, And I just want to underscore having Molly, um, lead producer, and I just visited your storefront this past weekend, and I am charmed, to say the least. So you are (laughs) nailing it with the hominess and with the, the sort of brand identity you're looking for. I was like, I will be returning immediately. I have to ask, do you also make the famous morning buns that, you know, people know from Les Toiles and Ovens of Brittany? Yeah, I make the version that Odessa taught me um, way, way back in the day. So they're smaller. Um, and instead of just a plain cinnamon sugar, it's got more spices on the outside. So I include uh, cardamom and nutmeg and clove 
way back in the day, I think she wanted to call them Spice Girls originally. Well, well before Stop. the band was ever famous. And really, yeah, yeah. So, Odessa um, also started the Spice Girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little did she know. Um, so I call them Spice, uh, Spice Sugar Buns as sort of an homage to having worked with her, but also to kind of, I think morning buns have become fairly ubiquitous, like you find them at gas stations. And so it kind of, I think it's kind of gotten away from what was originally intended is my my view on it. You know, mine are more fist size rather than like softball size, which is the ones that you, I think that you see everywhere, the giant, giant rolls that are tend to be a little less flaky, maybe not made with croissando, uh, the way she taught me with, with croissando. So mine are, mine are different. Uh, okay, so I am a, a Francophile of sorts, but I don't know if I can even say that for I can just say I love Paris. Um, but I don't know that much about Brittany. Uh, what cuisine is Brittany known for? Is that part of what's more than just your name? But does that inspire some of the, you know, the cuisine that people can expect at your at your shop? Yeah, so um, so seafood is really big because obviously we're on the coast. Um, my family moved from uh, the the main capital area of like the largest town for that region. Like if you were to try to get on a on a train in Paris and go to Brittany, the stop would be it would be called Brest, B R E S T. Um, one of the things classically Brittany is also known for is there's a salt marsh lamb. So they raise lamb on the salt marshes. Butter is big. That must inform, the butter must inform your baking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and it, I use salted butter, in fact. Got it. One of the issues with American butter, it, just in my experience, is that you use a lot of the baking uh, cookbooks will tell you to use unsalted butter. However, most unsalted butter, there's a preservative in it, which is vitamin A palamate, which is actually a if, if you bake with it at a high temperature, it gets this weird fishy smell. Um, and so I looked up what vitamin, where vitamin A palamate comes from, and it's a seafood byproduct. And it was not an aroma that I found to be pleasing. So I switched to salted butter. <laughs> and that's actually traditional for Brittany is to use salted butter. So. Wow. Wow. Only good smells. And that it, that could smell that right before I even got into your store. I, could, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm here. I'm here. So you, you make these exquisite European style pastries, croissants, tarts. One I might even mispronounce, uh, Kunyaman. Oh, you got it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the phonetic is K. It's like K wing. So Kunyaman. Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. So. Well and those are like deceptively, seemingly simple, but so, so good. Yeah. What is going on there? Yeah. <laughs> what is special there? So Queen Yaman translates to butter cake, uh, which I feel like is a, a vast understatement. Um, they're really, really dangerous pastries because we are making our croissant dough from scratch. And I looked at that and I looked at the traditional recipes coming out of Brittany for Queen Yaman. And I realized that the two were almost identical. So what we do is we use our croissant dough, since it's already a very fatty, rich dough, and then we do a couple of steps to it, uh, where we add sugar and egg and do some more additional lamination to give it its very unique texture. But it's surpassed, when I was first open, we did our spice sugar buns with our number one seller. And now since we've introduced the Queen Amon, it's overshot. So that's our consistent number one seller, we better not run out crispy and caramelized on the outside and it's tender on the inside and it's not too sweet 
And I think that's part of the appeal is it doesn't have so much sugar that you can't taste the texture of the pastry itself. Let's take a quick break. We'll learn more about Far Breton's delicious pastries in juste un moment. You also have savory pastries too, filled tarts and quiches. I just had your asparagus quiche on Saturday and tried to immediately come back for more. <laughs> like the next day without anything, I'm like, I know where I'm going. That asparagus quiche is very popular. And it's, I think it's a lovely celebration of spring. I always get, I wait until we see a really nice tender asparagus stalks. Um, so I'm sort of monitoring the produce to see when it goes from like thicker, woody looking stems where it's obviously been forced to like the actual spring asparagus when the season changes and it's appropriate and you get those little tiny squeaky tender asparagus. That's when I feel like you should be having asparagus is like this point of spring when it's in season, um, you're just going to get a better pro- product if you, uh, you know, cause everything's available all year long, you know, at grocery stores just because of the, the culture of immediacy that we have. But if you really want the best stuff, you go at this time of the year, that's when you're going to get the best stuff. I feel like in pastries, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've not cooked, <laughs> but just I've eaten a lot of them. I feel like it's the little things that can really make or break something being good to great to like exquisite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a little a little care and attention. I mean, I don't I don't want to be offering asparagus when it's out of season because it's just not going to be as wonderful. I'd rather it be a real experience that people are like, you know, really eat. I, I think last year there was a lady standing outside of our uh, little trailer when we were parked outside of um, Koppel's Clock Shop and she was eating a quiche and she was doing a happy dance and she was humming and she was like a little <laughs> kid and it was beautiful. I mean, I just thought that that was, to me, that's the reason I do this is to transport somebody who is maybe perhaps stoic or just not, doesn't do that kind of thing to make them feel because the right kind of food can really make touch your heart and make you feel enraptured, you know, and really experience some, it can bring out these strong emotions. And so it's like, let's, let's do this right. That butter melts people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and also too, I mean, I'm my own source. I mean, I, I want, I want the good stuff too. So I, <laughs> that's part of why I do this is so that I can, you know, be my own, you know, take home a couple of goodies. I try to watch it, but uh take home some goodies and to have, have that moment myself where I have a little bite and go, gosh, we're good. <laughs> Cause it's not just me. I have, yeah. a whole staff. I have a whole staff helping me make it good. That sense of home that I feel like you're cultivating there. Well, France can be uh, an, you know, like Paris, for example, you know, I'm sure you've been to places where it feels a little intimidating, you know, and you're like, Oh, I'm not sure if I if my shoes are nice enough for my handbags, nice enough to go into this shop. <laughs> I gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, I've I experienced that in France, but in the countryside and especially far afield, there isn't that really that sensation. It's more about you know who you are as a person and what you bring. You know, um, to have more of a welcoming uh, attitude towards you know people who have taken the time to you know come come check out what you're doing. I love that. I love this so much. Well, we've got to talk about your storefront because your new storefront on Fordham is, which was the old New Orleans takeout. You're having a grand opening this Friday. What are your hopes for that? So I, you know, I just, I like the the idea of a ceremony. You know, we don't get to have a lot of consistent ceremonies in our culture that cross all across all lines. Um, but this is one of those. And so I'm just going to get a giant piece of fabric and tie it into a ribbon. 
And I actually have some wonderful guest speakers lined up. Uh, Chris Brockle from Feed Kitchen is going to come and talk about the bakery. And uh, Senator Melissa Agard, who is a regular customer, is going to come and talk about the bakery. And I just got my friend Francesca Hong, who is our area representative. Love Francesca. Yeah, Francesca's amazing. And plus, she's in the food industry, too. So that's super cool. So she is also going to come and say a few nice things. And then I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> I'll probably stand in front of everybody and cry. But it's just, it's just a way to, to, you know, honor that passage. Even though we've been here doing a soft opening for quite a few months, you know, I just, I don't want to rush things. You know, I want things to happen in the time that they're supposed to happen. Yeah, and acknowledge, you know, not just me, but all my staff's hard work of getting us to this point. You know, it's really been... It's been a long haul. We've had some ups and downs and people have just stayed positive and stayed really true to the bakery. And and I just, you know, it's nice to have a little public recognition, you know, just a day to kind of go, yeah, this is our thing. So eight o'clock on Friday morning, probably a little early, like 745. Uh, we'll get everybody lined up and I probably will make a couple couple little trays of freebies to hand out to folks if they want to come and and get to listen to some nice words about the bakery. You know, you mentioned um, that you're looking into some, you know, looking to do some construction. And I'm curious, it's getting nice out. Do you have any plans for outdoor seating and coffee at your bakery? Or is it, will it just be grab and go? Well, the thing is, is the the use of the building has always been designated as a to-go. So having to change that with the city would be a little bit spendy. Um, so right now, I really like the idea of, you know, you come, you get your stuff, you hang out for a second, and then and then you take it, you take it home, you take it to. There's a wonderful park. There's Johnson Park down the road. Um, there's some really beautiful public spaces. My dream would be to see people really just incorporate it in their day as they move along. You know, maybe get some brew some coffee at home, put it in a thermos. You know, go out and have a picnic. You know, why be inside? It's you know, our season of beautiful weather in Wisconsin is so short. You know, take it home, make it part of a brunch that you're celebrating with your friends and family, or take it to a park, or eat it in your car. A lot of people eat it in their car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did a little bit of that. And so uh, before we go, you're, you're open um, right now only Thursday through Sunday mornings. When we got there fairly early, and there were some things that were running out. So I've got to ask for folks, do you need to be an early bird to get the goods? Um, well, we, that's one of those things that we're struggling to keep up because it's a learning curve for us because this is a new space. The intensity is getting progressively more so. Um, so we're kind of just dancing as hard as we can to keep up. The secret's getting out. The thing is, is that the more I tell people to get there early, then the worse the crush is first thing in the morning. So I would say, well, we open at eight, we'll have um, everything that we're going to make in, in for the given day will be out in the case by nine. So anywhere between eight and 10, we should have everything unless somebody came in and, you know, if somebody comes in and buys four or five dozen and they wipe out, you know, something that we've got in the oven, it just may be a little bit of time before we get you know, we're not fast food. Well, that person better come in quick and get out fast because people will be upset. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I would recommend is that we do have the option of uh, placing a pre-order. So people can go to our website, which is www.farbertonbakery.com. And you can place an order on Fridays only. So we are taking pre-orders on Friday. That way it'll reserve your order. Then you can come in at any point in the day if you're running late. 
Um, we've got obligations first thing. That way we'll have your stuff baked and it'll be set aside. It won't be put in the case. That is good to know. Marie, I am wishing you all the success. We all are here on the team and you will be seeing me more. <laughs> Great. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to come in and chat with you guys. I've never, this is my first podcast. I've never done this. This is so cool. So I feel like I'm, I'm entering the modern age here for an old Luddite. <laughs> well, it's new for us too. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Marie Arzel Young, owner of Far Breton Bakery. Their grand opening is tomorrow morning, Friday the 14th at 8 a.m. Otherwise, her bakery counter is open Thursday through Sunday from 8 to 1. We'll toss a link to her website in our show notes. And here's what else Madison's talking about. All this freaking gorgeous weather. The Dane County Farmer's Market is back, by the way, on the Capitol Square. This Saturday, the 15th, is opening day for our beloved market. And if you're looking to get back on a bike, Freewill is having a big bike sale this weekend. They're closing up shop and sending all their bikes out into the world. That's at their spot downtown. Check out our show notes for a link. And hey, bada bada bada! Baseball season is upon us, and the Milwaukee Brewers just announced that you can now drink through the eighth inning. They changed that up since games are getting shorter due to a bunch of rule changes. They're one of a handful of teams across the country to make that shift. And are we surprised? From a beer town like Milwaukee? But if you'd rather stay indoors, it's also time for the Wisconsin Film Fest. Opening night is tonight, y'all. The Great Madison Movie Adventure begins. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell someone named Brittany about us? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then, for goodness sake, take advantage of this perfect weather. It won't last. I'm going to lean in and say the French thing's Frenchy.